We're on a mission from God. And now for something completely different. This is Pastor Jolly John Lekomsky uh, coming to you from Northfield, Minnesota, uh, and I have with me Pastor Matt Youngblood Clark coming to you from beautiful uh, St. Louis, although hot and steamy, uh, where I serve as pastor at Ascension Lutheran in uh, the St. Louis Hills neighborhood. And and we, we're having warm days up here, I, I, I won't deny that. But of course, we still have beautiful 60 degree evenings. So, <laughs> not bad. Very no. refreshing. No, no. Well, that, that's what's nice about Minnesota. Uh, I mean, this time of the year, it'll get up in the 90s, but it still cools off and it's cool in the morning. Yeah. So, you can't, can't beat the weather. Uh, before we go any further, though, Matt, because I know people are, are concerned about this, uh, our, our theme this summer is we are offering ourselves as your social media alternative in a lot of things uh, people don't like about what's going on with like Tic Tac and, and Facebook and, and those other things. And, uh, and so we thought, well, we're here. We're on the Internet. Why don't you use us as your social media alternative? Yes. Had no idea of the impact that, that announcement would make. Uh, of course, uh, uh, Elon Musk pulled back his offer to buy Twitter. Uh, and I think what our listeners are probably wondering, is he going to buy us? I, <laughs> <right>? <laughs> <laughs> it's only a matter of time, I think, John. Well, I would think. I would think I, in fact, every day I check my email to say I've got an offer from Elon Musk. <laughs> and, and I just want our listeners to know that, that should he offer to buy us out? Should he offer us, say, like $100 million? Or, or even one or two million dollars, or heck, even if he offered to take us out for lunch. <laughs> <laughs> At this point, Elon, we don't care. <laughs> we, don't, we don't need Twitter money. <laughs> but but Matt does have to send Noah to, to college next year, so that's you know, right, that's right. Yeah, but but I want our listeners to know that it will not affect us. It will not change us. Our independence, our integrity, integrity. I don't care if Elon does buy us out. We are not going to be some corporate shill. For some technical multi-millionaire, okay, or in his case, billionaire, I think it is. <laughs> oh, but yeah. you know, Matt, Teslas are really nice cars. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the Model S can go from zero to sixty in less than two, two, two seconds, Matt. Not and of course, bad. Super quiet. There's no pollution. You know, really nice vehicles. I, I'm just saying that. If you're listening, Leon. we'll just throw that out there. Leon, I just called him Leon. Yeah. <laughs> I, just, I, just, I just screwed the deal right there. That might not <laughs> help the deal, John. No. Leon. No. Okay. Oh, so, again, just again, remember, we are your social media alternative. Yeah, we're, we're, we're going to be getting a call from uh, Eon Musk's cousin, his second cousin, Leon. Leon. Making us a deal we can't, confuse, we can't refuse, John. Thanks. Right. Thanks for that. <laughs> But on a more serious matter, we're doing we're doing classic Bible stories this summer. That's the other thing we're doing. Thank heavens we're doing something worthwhile. Um, stories that that we we should we should know and we should share. And so, what story did you want to share with us uh, today, Matt? 
Yeah, so today, uh, one that we may be familiar with uh, from Sunday school, from from growing up, one that I think has even become sort of just part of our pop culture even, yeah. John. So even people that don't know the Bible or maybe never went to Sunday school, they still at least have a vague idea of what this account's about. And what we want to talk about today and maybe even, you know, maybe dispel some uh, misconceptions about is that account of David and Goliath. Wait, wait, uh, hold on. Time yes. out. There are misconceptions about the story of David and Goliath? Believe it or not, John. Yes, and we will dispel those misconceptions. Now you got me interested because oh, maybe God, there's God, all God, kinds God. of misconceptions yeah. I've had. Yeah, all so right. yeah, First Samuel chapter 7. First Samuel chapter 7 for those who are following along at home. Okay, now I'm, it's, it's 17, right? Oh, I'm sorry. Seventeen. <laughs> yes. <laughs> just just checking to, check to see if you're listening. Uh, well, I, I think people should know we are recording a little earlier than what we do, so it might be a little bit sloppy today. Yes. <laughs> I'm still in bed, actually. I'm still that's in how bed. Early it is. Those retired guys Lynn, Lynn, have that's it okay. Wait a second. I just got, Lynn, that's okay. Just go ahead. You go ahead and sleep. It's all right. It's it's just <laughs> wrestling with the basics. <laughs> no need to wake up. No need it's to wake up It's just wrestling with the basics. Yeah. So... Um, so, <laughs> right. First Samuel seventeen. Yes. Where, how many verses would you like me to read, Matt? Well, we're well. Let's see. We're gonna we're gonna read quite a few. Well, we'll just okay. we'll just kind of take as it comes. But I guess let me set the stage yeah. first, John. Um, so you know, I did mention misconceptions. So when we um, I, we were focusing on this account in, uh, in in Bible class and in, in preaching here at Ascension, and it just happened to fall on. Independence Day weekend, so oh, the Fourth cool. of July weekend. Yeah, um, and and I think you know here in our in our American culture in particular, we have this this phrase, you know, a David and Goliath story, right? Yeah, yep. um, we love a good David and Goliath story, whether it's you know in the movies or or maybe from uh, history even too. Um, and you know so, when so someone's like the, the, the big guy against the little guy. That's yeah, what you're talking about, right? Exactly. The okay. weak against the strong, the big yeah. guy against the little guy, right? Uh, we love that kind of stuff. You know, I think everyone does, but I think especially in, as Americans, we, this is kind of in our DNA almost, uh, because that's really how our nation came to be. It was really a David and Goliath story when you think about it. Uh, you know, we think about the um, the, the, the colonies. Uh, you know, they were, didn't want to be subject to King George III anymore. Uh, and so they form an, an army and they go against really what was the best trained, most well-equipped army in the world at that time. The, the, the greatest military in the face of the earth, the, the British one. Um, some estimates say that the colonial forces were outnumbered four to one. Oh, my goodness. Um, wow. So, I mean, by, by all appearances, you know, the odds yeah. are in the favor of the British. Uh, if you're a betting man, John, put your money on the Redcoats um, because, <laughs> because the odds are greatly in their favor. Uh, and yet, as we know, right, that smaller, ill-equipped group of, of colonists, they prevail against this bigger, stronger opponent. So we would call that a David and Goliath story. Um, same thing here. When we look at the kind of David and Goliath, you know, by all accounts, who should win this battle, John, this fight? Yeah, it should be Goliath. He's Goliath, he's a right? Giant. Yeah. He, Six cubits and a span was his height. <laughs> that's pretty darn big, John. We'll, we'll try to put that big. into English later. But yes, that is big. <laughs> uh, yeah, so he's, he's this giant. He is a trade warrior. He's called even a champion in the text from 1 Samuel 17. Uh, yeah, so put your money on the Philistine, right? Put your money on Goliath, um, you know. But but 
This, this uh, would be we, like this would be like you and me taking on the Rock. <laughs> yeah, no, but yeah, Even the, if we were I know. Teaming, we'd win him yeah, a yeah, chance against yeah. the Rock. I mean, most yeah. people would put their money on us, obviously, right, John? I no, think that's the point you're trying to make. <laughs> no, I'm joking. Not at all. No, we would be we would be the underdog in that battle. Um, but yeah, exactly. Put your money on the Rock, right? Put your money on the professional. So David and Goliath story, but yet, but yet, you know, I think as the story unfolds, I think that's that's the misconception. John is is David and Goliath, uh, ironically, is more than a David and Goliath story. Oh, okay. Yeah, because I think you know some people that you know, I, you know, on the surface that that's well, yeah, it's, it's a story about the little guy being the big guy. Oh, well, that's great. You know, uh, it reminds me of when my my little league team, you know, defeated the the district champs that one year. Well, <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's not what this story is about. Wait, uh, this, hold on. Did, did, did your little league team feed the? <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just making stuff up, John. Okay. Oh. That was just a for instance for our <laughs> listeners. Yeah. So this story is about more than that, uh, because I think you know a lot of people. Yeah, the David and Goliath story. Well, this is the original to David and Goliath story. It's about the little guy beating up the big guy. Uh, there, there's hope for the weak, and and certainly there is, right? But this story isn't about. David. <laughs> well, well David. what is the story about this? Well, that's what we're going to, that is what we are going to wrestle with today on Wrestling with the Basics, John. So let's get into the text um, and pick up with uh, chapter 17. And yeah, let's do verses uh, one through three. Now, the Philistines gathered their armies for battle, and they were gathered at Sukkah, which belongs to Judah, and encamped between Sukkah and Azekah and Ephesdamim. And Saul and the men of Israel were gathered and encamped in the valley of Elah and drew up in line of battle against the Philistines. And the Philistines stood on the mountain of the one side and Israel stood on the mountain of the other side with a valley between them. All right, thanks. So it, it sets the scene. So kind of the, the geographic scene of, of what's taking place here. So uh, Sukkot, that, that, uh, the location of the battle, it's about 15 miles or so from Bethlehem. So that's going to become important because uh, Bethlehem is the town of David, right? right. Uh, so David's going to be coming from Bethlehem. So it's, it's a journey of about 15 miles. So, I mean, this this is pretty significant. He's not hopping in his Tesla, John, um, <laughs> zero to 60 in two seconds. But he could, uh, he could if there were Teslas back then. If, we if there were Teslas, no. yes, if there were Teslas, oh. if there were charging stations, he could. Uh, but he's not. So he gets us a No, Teslas go a lot longer than 15 miles, Matt, before they have to charge. <laughs> That's right. I don't know. <laughs> if you're driving, you know, zero to six, you're like, the way you drive, John, I don't know. I don't know. But uh, so, yeah, 15 miles for David. Um, so it's a significant journey, as we'll see. Yeah. Um, and you, you have this picture, and it's it's the army of the Israelites, uh, Saul and the Israelites, and you have uh, the Philistines, and they're both gathered up. You, you get the impression that they're on two different hillsides, and then yeah. there's a valley in the middle, and w- that is where um, that is where Goliath comes out, as we'll see. Um, in this valley that is between them. So you kind of get this picture of of the battlefield and and what that looks like. Uh, So now the next verse is we get a picture of what Goliath looks like. You mentioned, you know, in in spans and in cubits how big the guy is. Uh, That's that's the language that's used here, the the ESV, the English Standard Version of the Bible. But we'll unpack that and give it, you know, a little more meaning with feet and inches and and pounds and things like that. So let's, uh, let's check out this guy, Goliath, verses four through seven. 
And, and before I read those verses, yeah. Matt, let me just point out that that all of this uh, geographical information reminds us that this isn't some kind of morality tale. This is this is actual history. So whatever you deal with in this story, you got to realize, no, it's not something made up to try to teach the, as we said, that the, the little guy defeats the big guy. But no, this this is an actual, and these are real people, which kind of makes it interesting what David does, I think. Uh, but, yeah, well, yeah, 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 John, I think that's, a, just real quick, that's a great point, because I think we hear some of these accounts, especially in the Old Testament, we think, oh, these are maybe just, you know, an analogy or a story, or it's like an Aesop's fable, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's it's a story that's it's kind of kind of cool that we can retell. And then the main thing isn't the story itself, but it's uh, the, the moral lesson you gain from it. Well, well, no, it's more than that. This is this is a true account. It's historic. It really happened, like you said, real real places, real people, and uh, it, it's it's much more than just some kind of analogy or made up story, right? That that's something. That's, very important, I think, to, to remember. So thanks, John, for, for bringing that up. And there came out from the camp of the Philistines a champion named Goliath of Gath, whose height was six cubits in a span. He had a helmet of bronze on his head, and he was armed with a coat of mail, and the weight of the coat was 5,000 shekels of bronze. And he had bronze armor on his legs and a javelin of bronze slung between his shoulders. The shaft of his spear was like a weaver's beam, and his spear's head weighed 600 shekels of iron, and his shield bearer went before him. Yeah. <laughs> so here is Goliath. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Goliath the Philistine. Um, so it, it's interesting. He's described as, did you catch what he's described as in verse four? He's uh, a champion. Champion. And, you know, the interesting thing is this is the only time that word is used here in the Old Testament. Really? Okay. So, yeah. So w what does that mean? A champion? You know, it's only in this account. Um, so really, you know, it, it's it's he's kind of the, the Philistine army kind of reduced to one man. So here, here's the deal. If you beat Goliath, you beat the Philistines. At least that's the claim they make. Yeah. Um, and, and that's that's the setup. And we'll see that more in Goliath's challenge. So if you if you beat him, you beat the Philistines. Well, on the flip side, though, if Goliath beats your man, Israelites, um, then the Philistines beat you, Israel. Uh, so the battle, they wanted to reduce it to just one-on-one, -on -one, right? Yeah. So yeah. To, to, to check out Goliath, uh, six cubits in a span. So six cubits, a cubit is like from the, the tip of your middle finger to your elbow. So this is not, um, what, what's the word they use? Oh, it's not standardized measurement. Okay, this is <laughs> unstandard measurement. So it, it is how my wife measures, though. You know, she oh, is that right in Cuban? <laughs> and that's exactly what she does because that's yeah. that's at least it's a constant, you know. Yeah. yeah. Well, if you're using your own arm the whole time, yeah, it's yeah. a constant, right? It is a standard measurement, uh, but you know, approximately we'd say about a foot and a half, about a foot okay. and a half. So when when you add that up, it's it's nine feet, and it even says in a span. So a span is kind of the the width of your hand against again, kind of non-standard, but you know, a span is about the width width of your hand. So he's he's nine feet plus a little change, right? Oh, yeah. uh, a little over nine <laughs> feet tall, looks like. Um, and then yeah, so then it, it also talks about um, th this coat of mail that he wears, uh, five thousand shekels of bronze. That's about one hundred twenty-five pounds. You know, this guy's coat of mail that he's wearing. Um, the the head of his spear. Um, it, it talks about. Uh, 600 shekels of iron, that's about 14 and a half pounds, uh, just the, the, the head of a spear. So, I mean, this guy is outfitted in the best armor of the day, 
the best weapons of the day. Uh, plus, he's a big dude to boot who's well, a I, I, trained I imagine, warrior. Imagine his strength to be wearing and carrying <laughs> yeah, that kind of weight. And obviously, yeah. it's just no big deal to him. <laughs> Otherwise, he wouldn't be dressed up like that. Yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah. Would we be able to, to even go on the battlefield wearing 125 pounds of armor and no. collapse? Not me, that's for sure. <laughs> so that's that's the scene we have, okay? That's the scene we have set. Again, put your money on the Philistine. Um, so here is uh, verses, you know, do verses 8 through uh, 11. We hear now uh, Goliath's challenge to the Israelites. He, Goliath, stood and shouted to the ranks of Israel, why have you come out to draw up for battle? Am I not a Philistine, and are not you servants of Saul? Choose a man for yourself, and let him come down to me. If he's able to fight with me and kill me, then we will be your servants. But if I prevail against him and kill him, then you shall be our servants and serve us. And the Philistine said, I defy the ranks of Israel this day. Give me a man that we may fight together. When Saul and Israel heard these words of the Philistine, they were dismayed and greatly afraid. Yeah. So again, that's the challenge. You know, send out your champion and battle me, the champion of the Philistines. Mono and mono, one on one, a winner takes all. That's that's the challenge. Um, it says, choose a man for yourselves. Let him come to me. You know, when you think about that, who would be the logical choice for the Israelites to to send out and battle Goliath? Well, whatever their their greatest soldier would be, they they surely have a champion as well. I would think, right? Yeah, I would think, you know, their biggest, baddest guy, yeah. right? And I, I wonder, too, if uh, if they would have, you know, even chosen Saul. You know, Saul's oh, the, yeah. the Lord's anointed, right? He's he's God's man to lead. And then what do we, you know, we know a little bit about Saul's appearance. Um, well, you know, yeah, he's this. Because he was very, very tall as well. I didn't even yeah. think about that. Yeah. Fact, so physically, yeah. he got to be chosen as a leader because physically, yeah, he was a, a prime, prime uh, subject. Yeah. Yeah, he looks the part, right? Uh, it looks like Saul would, you know, he's a head taller than everyone else. Uh, you know, Saul's kind of the logical choice for for the one to go out, but he doesn't. Uh, instead, Saul and the rest of the people are dismayed and greatly afraid. Yeah. And it never, it never occurred to me because he was probably thinking, oh, they're going to ask me. <laughs> you think Saul's going, oh, no, they're going to ask me to go fight. I am the king. Oh, yeah, so yeah, yeah. I think he's kind of the. If you're if you're gonna put if you're gonna point your finger to someone, it's gonna probably be so. Here, you're the leader. You're 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 the big guy. You're the you're, that's why we chose you as king, right? Um, and and yet, you know, Saul, as we see, he he wants no part in going out yeah. and fighting yeah. Goliath. Uh, yeah. All right, John. Uh, let's uh, let's let's keep going here. If you want to do verses twelve through sixteen. Now, David was the son of an Ephrathite of Bethlehem in Judah, named Jesse who had eight sons. In the days of Saul, the man was already old and advanced in years. The three oldest sons of Jesse had followed Saul to the battle, and the names of his three sons who went into the battle were Eliab, the firstborn, and next to him Abinadab, and the third Shammah. David was the youngest. The three eldest followed Saul, but David went back and forth to Saul to feed his father's sheep at Bethlehem. For 40 days, the Philistine came forward and took his stand morning and evening. Yeah, so so here we have David. He is uh, the youngest of the sons, right? Uh, the youngest uh, of these brothers. And the three older ones are fighting in the army. So to fight in the army of Israel, you had to be 20 years old. All right, so that's kind of the, the, the age of enlistment. So I think we can kind of safely assume 
that David is probably likely 20 or younger because he's not fighting the army. Uh, in fact, only his three oldest brothers are. And, and remember, he's the youngest of eight. And right. so it's he's a young guy. Uh, and his job is just to go back and forth and provide the provisions for his brothers. Uh, that That's it. Uh, so it's, it's kind of interesting, too, you know, to think about just how young David is at this point, the youngest. Uh, so that that's David's job is to bring food to his brothers, to, to take it to them, to provide for them. Um, yeah, well, let's uh, we, we can keep going, John. We've got a little more to go through today. Do you want to skip ahead? Um no, a little in the account. This, this is fine. Yeah, okay. So, all right. All right. Because okay, I was, I was right. just doing the math in my head, and I'm thinking that David could very well have been 14, 13, some that age, if he because he's the youngest of eight brothers, and and there's got to be five between him and the oldest three. So exactly, uh, exactly. Yeah. See, the, only the oldest three are fighting. So you, know, it almost implies that they're the they're the only three that are above the age of twenty. Yeah. And yeah. and that yeah. may or may not be the case. We're kind of assuming there, but uh, David is a young guy. So I mean, think a teenager. You know, that's that's yeah, that's who David that. is. Definitely that. Yeah. Exactly. So how many verses, Matt? Okay. Well, yeah. Let's let's keep going here. Um, uh, if we want to do seventeen, um, you know, to uh, seventeen and eighteen, why don't we do that? Okay. Uh, and Jesse said to David, his son, take for your brothers an ephah of this parched grain and these 10 loaves and carry them quickly to the camp to your brothers. And also take these 10 cheeses to the commander of their thousands. See if your brothers are well and bring some token from them. So it's definitely he's got to be too young to be fighting. Otherwise, his dad wouldn't be sending him on on food errands like this. I would Exactly. Assume. So he's yeah. delivering the food. He's taking cheeses to the, 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 the army, a grain for his, his brothers. And that's it. That That's his only job. That's all he's good for, right? Yeah. At least that's a thought. Yeah, exactly. All right. Uh, yeah, well, let's keep going. Uh, if you want to do uh, verses uh, 19 through uh, 23. Now Saul and they and all the men of Israel were in the valley of Elah fighting with the Philistines. Again, this emphasis on the historic uh, nature of this story. Because uh, you don't need those details if you're just telling us a parable. And David rose early in the morning and left the sheep with a keeper and took the provisions and went as Jesse had commanded him. And he came to the encampment as the host was going out to battle, out to the battle line, rather, shouting the war cry. And Israel and the Philistines drew up for battle, army against army. And David left the things in charge of the keeper of the baggage and ran to the ranks and went and greeted his brothers. As he talked with them, behold, the champion, the Philistine of Gath, Goliath by name, came up out of the ranks of the Philistines and spoke the same words as before. And David heard him. All right. So David is there to witness it now, uh, this mocking of the Goli Goliath, the Philistine. And, you know, what's David's reaction going to be to this? You know, is he yeah. going to cower in fear and be dismayed like and greatly else. afraid like the rest of the army? Or is it going to yeah. be something else? Yeah. So so here here's David's reaction then uh, in verses 24 uh, through 27. And again, it's interesting because you're right. Everybody else is reacting with fear. Uh, all the men of Israel... When they saw the man, fled from him and were much afraid. And the men of Israel said, Have you seen this man who has come up? Surely he has come up to defy Israel. And the king will enrich the man who kills him with great riches and will give him his daughter and make his father's house free in Israel. And if I could just interrupt mid-verse here. Yeah, yeah. So, so I guess Saul was thinking, yeah, they're going to ask, oh, no, no, I, I'm not going to fight, but I tell you what, you can have you can have my daughter, <laughs> and yeah. your house will be free. Uh, but anyway, and, and David exactly. said to them, 
Yeah. And, and David yeah. said to the men who stood by him, what shall be done for the man who kills the Philistine and takes away the reproach of Israel? For who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? And the people answered him in the same way, so shall it be done to the man who kills him. Yeah, that's right. You know, Saul's, okay, you, you can be tax-free. You don't have to pay taxes. You can even marry yeah. my daughter. Hey, and we'll see you later. Heck, I'll even give you my armor if you want it. <laughs> but <laughs> as long as I'm not the guy that has to go out and fight. Yeah. So, I mean, Saul's doing exactly what, you know, the, the anointed of the Lord should not be doing. You know, he's among those, it seems, that are dismayed and greatly afraid. Um, you know, as we as we wrap up today's episode, John, I think that what's interesting, too, here is this is really the first time that that God enters the story that we hear about the Lord. Right. Wow. And it's it's from David himself. You know, who is this uncircumcised Philistine? Who is this non-Jew? Right. Non-follow the Lord that he should defy the armies of the living God. So that's what David takes issue with is, is Goliath is defying the living God. And more about this story than next week on Wrestling, Wrestling with, with the Basics. The basics.